Hi, I'm Leisha Nelson, and you are listening to the Nurturing Resilience Podcast, where I weave together the worlds of somatics, science, and energetics to nurture a deeper connection to yourself. This is a podcast that covers a span of topics and ideas from guests storytelling rites of passage that catalyzed their resiliency, to nervous system and mind-body health education, to deep contemplation on topics such as cultivating connection to ourselves and others in a complex world. I can't wait to dive in to each episode with you. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello and welcome to today's episode where I am so excited to introduce to you one of my current teachers, Kate White. Kate White is an award-winning educator, advanced body worker, and trauma resolution therapist. She is trained in somatic therapies, prenatal and perinatal health, lactation, brain development, infant mental health, and has specialized in parent-baby dyad care using somatic prevention and trauma healing approaches for over 20 years. She is a mother of two children and holds a BA and MA in communication. She's a registered biodynamic cranial sacral therapist and a somatic experiencing practitioner. Her work combines somatic therapy, birth preparation, recovery from a difficult birth, breastfeeding support, trauma prevention resolution, and neurodevelopmental support to help give families and babies and small children the best possible start. She runs a private practice and offers seminars and trainings as the founder and director of the Center for Pre and Perinatal Programs, which is the PPN Center. I'll link that information below. And in 2019, she founded the online school Prenatal and Perinatal Healing where she focuses skills, trainings in prenatal and perinatal somatic therapies for professionals, which is actually how I found Kate. You guys know that I've been studying somatic trauma resolution and cranial sacral therapy for about 15 years, but I hadn't ever found anyone with the skills that Kate has in that she really focuses on that pre and perinatal time period. And this is cutting edge work. This work is necessary because birth trauma is such an epidemic in our country, but most people don't know that this work even exists. They're starting to understand what somatic therapy is and that somatics exists, but this is cutting edge in the sense that this is somatic experiencing and somatic therapy specifically geared to the pre and perinatal time period. And what I have been training in with Kate is for the prevention and resolution of birth trauma specifically. And part of my training, which we'll dive into in the podcast, not only are we learning how to work with people that have experienced a birth trauma from a somatic perspective, we're really looking at our earliest birth imprints. And that's what is so unique about Kate is that through her training, with many of her teachers, she has really delved into understanding pre and perinatal birth imprints, which I know you guys have heard me talk about this a lot, but basically 
our births are remembered by our bodies and how we are birthed into the world creates a ripple effect out into the patterns and the dynamics and our relationships and how we show up today. And that's why I'm so passionate about addressing birth trauma and the infant. If we can start to address these imprints and these patterns at the youngest ages, then there won't be this cascade of effects later in life. I have personally healed so much of my life and who I am as a person by diving into my birth imprints from a somatic perspective and really understanding how our earliest memories are stored in the body. I was delivered via C-section and I've gone into that memory in my body multiple times in my life and I can't change that story. And I'm definitely not saying that a C-section is bad. In my time, when I was born in 1980, I was the fourth child to my mom who had already had three previous C-sections. Having a V-back was not an option in the 1980s, especially as a fourth child. There wasn't a choice for my mom or for me how I came into this world. And I remember that. I have gone into this work and have remembered aspects of my C-section and the imprints and the ripple effects that has created into my life, the connections always blow my mind. And we dive into what are imprints, what do we do when we find them. We talk more in depth about this in the podcast. Like I was saying, we can't change what happened to us, but we can change how the memory is stored in our body. So instead of being a memory stored in my body of terror or one of feeling stuck, which is a really common birth imprint is because often there's a stuck place in birth that we can shift that dynamic and we can shift how that's stored in the body. So that stuck place or that terror doesn't have to be remembered or held as terror in my body. And now through a lot of this work with Kate, when I reflect on my birth or I go into my birth or I go into different somatic practices, I no longer have that resonance of terror. I'm actually now very much at peace with how I was born and the dynamics that played out. And I have a way better understanding of my current patterns because of my birth imprints. So not only has this changed my life literally as an adult addressing my own birth imprints and coming to peace with that. It's helped me work and be with the babies that come into my office as a cranial sacral therapist. I have a much greater understanding of that journey of what a miracle it is to come into life form from, from the egg and the sperm when they meet to the implantation The whole conception process, the time in utero through birth is literally a miracle. And when I'm able to meet babies in my office and allow them to tell me their story because they do through their movements and their crying and how they interact with mom, this thing happens where I get to meet them and hear their birth story at that young, young age. So 
I feel like I could go on and on and on about the importance of this work, why I'm so passionate about it, why I think everyone (laughs) on this planet could heal if they would look at their own birth imprints and start to have their babies be seen with pre and perinatal practitioners. And especially if there's a birth trauma and the cascade of effects it could make. It's This is my passion. And I am so lucky to have found Kate to study with her, to deepen my skills in this pre and perinatal work. And I'm so happy to bring her on so that you can hear firsthand what this work is, how it's changed her life, how she came into this work. And also, as always, I'll include the show notes. So if you want to study this work yourself, you can go to the same year-long program that I have. If you're interested in receiving work from Kate, you can go to her website. If you're interested in receiving this work from me, my information is always included in the show notes. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode, please let me know, share it with your friends and family members. As I've said, this is cutting edge work. Like we are on the edge and we're, it's in such a needed space and place of time. So if you feel like this episode or what I have to say or what Kate has to say could be shared with someone that would resonate with this work, please share it with them. Please pass this information on. If there's curiosity around this work, please reach out to me, contact me. There's a small group of us offering this work and our goal, all of us, are just deeply passionate about putting this work out into the world. So share, share this information. Let's get this out there. You could also write a review for me on Spotify or Apple that helps this podcast get out there. Share on your social media feeds. Okay, let's meet Kate. Thank you, Kate, so much for your time today. And I'm really excited to have you on this podcast today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I'm I'm loving being with you. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, Kate is currently my teacher. I look to her as a mentor in my pre and perinatal work and my somatics work. But I find so much of what I do is educating people on what is pre and perinatal work, what is even somatics. I did an Instagram poll recently and just asked people if they even know what somatics is. And a lot of people actually don't. They don't have a clear understanding. So being that you are have been a somatic practitioner for many, many years, somatic experiencing practitioner, I would love to hear, to start with your definition of like, what is, what is somatics to you? Somatics to me is really the study of the body. I mean, the felt sense of it, the lived experience of it and how the, the role the body plays in, in health and healing. Just and when, when I refer to somatics, it usually has to do with with healing trauma it's it's beyond medicine it's sort of working with how the autonomic nervous system responds how it, the role that it plays in in health the role that it plays in in your lived experience every day i mean just how well you feel how excited you are about life how and and the the things that you are engaged in physically I get a little impatient with, oh, the mental health world, because they always talk about mental and mental. It's all mental. Well, it's not. It's a body-mind thing. It's 
how we are in our bodies so much impacts how we feel in our mind and in our psyche and in our emotional self. So it's it's really about living in the body and appreciating what our bodies bring and what our bodies are saying. I love I love that definition. And so much of what you do, and maybe you just want to share how you got into this work, what is about the body from when we were babies and when we were in utero, utero and even preconception, the time before mm-hmm. coming here. That's your realm and your specialty is educating yes. others on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, yes. That's how I you, do. How'd you get into that? <laughs> well, it it started with a craniosacral therapy. I mean, I was a biodynamic craniosacral therapist, a brand new one. This was in 1999. And the biodynamic cranial work, I just found its way to the U.S. through Franklin Sills. And I had studied with Michael Shea. And, but this was very early on. And I had a intake form that was pretty lengthy at the time. And we're trained to work with the impact of birth on the body and on cranium, on the cranium in particular in, in, in biodynamic craniosacral therapy. And so I had a client come and she got a session from me. She had been referred to me by a psychotherapist because she had been assaulted and it was very confusing for her. And so I gave her a cranial session And she came back the next time and she said, well, you know that question that you asked about birth? She said, I think the birth is reason for my lifelong depression. And I want to heal that depression with you. So me not knowing, you know, anything about it. And I had just gone to a conference, the first biodynamic craniosacral conference in North America. This was in 1999. My son had just been born. He's now 24. And so we were excitedly, you know, trying to explore the impacts of, you know, understanding the body at that level. She came, she came for her sessions. And while she was exploring her birth, I began to have panic attacks. Mm -hmm. And I, I had no idea what that was about. So I called up the only person I knew at the time was William Emerson. Do you know who William Emerson is, Leisha? I do, but I'm sure a majority of my audience does not. So William Emerson uh, is one of our pioneer pre- and perinatal specialists. He was a speaker at that conference I went to. It was in Colorado. And and he really is one of our early pioneers in understanding the baby's experience and developed psychotherapy with infants and had his own training programs. And so I called him up and said, this is happening. And he encouraged me to get trained. And when I asked him why I was having panic attacks, he he asked me about my own birth experience, which was very similar to my client's experience. We are both very big breech babies. She in the 1930s and I was, you know, I was, this was 25 years ago. So, so she she, you know, she had a little bit different birth experience than me, but it turned out her near-death experience at birth was triggering my near-death experience at birth. And I wanted to know what, how could that happen? Like, how could me holding her with my hands and her processing her experience 
impact me. So it ignited my curiosity and my passion and I began reading everything I could about it. I took, I read all of William Emerson's writings. I, I ordered all of his recordings and I just went dove headfirst into this and have been just exploring every inch of it ever since. Mm-hmm. And so I, I studied with all the major teachers and have read a lot of the books and spent the last 25 years really deeply understanding this paradigm until now I teach it. And I, I teach a variety of programs for people who want to learn about, about the impact of birth and birth, pre-birth and preconception and post post birth, perinatal work. So yeah, it's my passion. That's how I got started. Yeah. Well, you bring, you brought up a really interesting question and your question was how can me working on her mean that my issues and my birth is coming up? So what, what was happening? Why was that happening? Oh, well, that's a really good question. I mean, I, I, I've, I've tried very hard to sort it out and even, you know, but per, would purchase varying degrees of equipment to try and one have one certain vibration how does it affect another vibration and it's a vibrational thing so and my my trauma my near-death experience at birth I mean it took me about 20 years to really get to the bottom of all of that but we're essentially patterns or or patterns in our bodies and everybody has their unique pattern but the her pattern her vibration of the near-death experience was similar to mine. And so my I hadn't addressed my, my birth pattern. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know that was even possible. Like for her to come in my office and say, you know, I think my birth experience is the reason I've been depressed all my life. I was just like, wow, that's, that's pretty amazing that you can figure that out. And, and she just said, I want to heal it. I want to heal it with you. And I mean, I was kind of game for anything at that point. And when you study biodynamic craniosacral therapy, you're sort of imbued with this idea that there is a blueprint that you can feel with your hands. And you can find the places in a person's body where there's been a trauma or somehow health has been restricted. And so you hold that. And you hold it with your hands and you lend your stability and your sensitivity and your subtlety to, to, to return, help that person return to health, their body return to health. And so I figured, okay, she was on to some pattern inside herself, which I, I don't know even how she got there. You know, I guess she'd been triggered in some way to, into the memory when she was with me, I think it was the that my intake sheet and also just her story, which I didn't tell you. Do you want me to tell you her story? Sure, oh. yeah. Well, she told me this story. She was a very large baby in nineteen late 1930s. So I'm, I've tried to find this person, you know. I have never, after she walked out of my office, she came about five or six times. I never saw her again. I'm like, so, but... She uh, she was a, a very large baby and 
she her mother went into labor and when they got to the hospital apparently she began to hemorrhage and the the story was in the the message went out to the to the waiting room that that she was that the baby and the, both mother and baby were probably going to die and so the 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 father got down on his knees and began to pray in the waiting room and a nun appeared beside him and knelt beside him this was the story she told me you know like how she, I, and they prayed together and then my client who was the baby turned herself around in utero and when she turned she stopped the hemorrhage wow and she was born she was over nine pounds and so that's a very big baby and i just i try to imagine what uh, you know her super human superhero strength for her to turn herself around in the midst of that crisis of her mother bleeding hemorrhaging and i mean it must have been a tremendous strain and I, so i think that she was she knew that story in her work with me she was constantly talking about how her feet were in her way so she 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 processed her birth with me and my my birth was not like that exactly i was a footling breech in 1962 and very fast but i think also i mean i've had a i had i probably lost consciousness and had near a near death feeling i think i was resuscitated a little i was sort of probably given some kind of nausea what we call no noxious stimulation squeezes hmm. but my mother was put out she was under general anesthesia and so in the context of her my client remembering her near death my, my memory inside my body woke up hmm. said hey this is similar to what you went through listen 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 to this and and so i did I mean, i called william and he said if you're having this happen you should probably be trained and so i did i went i started training with william and then i trained with his student carlton terry i did his foundation training and then i went to study with myrna martin for 10 years and then I went and studied, continued studying with Ray. I met Ray in 1994. And I have been studying, no, 2004, sorry, 2004. And I studied with Ray until he passed away. I also studied with John and Anna Chitty and, and so many other wonderful pioneering teachers in our field that I think I have so much education now. So it's it's really wonderful to be able to funnel it out to someone like you, Lisha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just have so much gratitude of my friend, Heather, who found you and was like, oh. I think you need to study with Kate. And, <laughs> and I love what you said of, of when your teacher said, well, if this is happening to you, then you probably need to study in it because that was my experience is being on a craniosacral table very early on in my craniosacral training and remembering part of my birth and having to go through that process. And I think to me, that's what pulls in the importance of somatics because my body remembered my birth. It wasn't my mind. I, it wasn't me going, I'm going to process this now and work through it and think about it. <laughs> no. What, what happened? Did you have like your body just had 
and then like just like I my client the sort of like this instinctual sort of this is a birth sequence yeah as you name it now and now I name it to my clients I found a memory <laughs> ah. so I was a c-section baby and the first time I remembered my birth I was still in utero and I it was there was a lot of terror there was a lot of like this is not the way I want it to be. This is not the time. This is not what I want. And feeling that some that somatic terror in my body of like, this isn't how I want things to go or to be. Yeah, that terror is pretty tough, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And have since then, you know, continued to work with different aspects of my birth and, and what I like about your work and how you've talked about your work and you said it earlier is the blueprints. Awesome. So my understanding of blueprints are our wellness. It's who we are at the core is health and awesome. wellness. We're mm-hmm. all divine light and divine beings with health and wellness awesome. and restrictions can come in and imprints and they can restrict that blueprint. And they find that that happens a lot in utero and, and birth. Mm-hmm. Do you want to say more to that at all? Well, I, th- I feel like like what we all are, we all have a, a blueprint for health and wellness, like health. Like John Chitty was, was the one that really talked a lot about this to me, like, it's e- it's easy to see what's what's wrong with someone it's it's harder for in terms of what the way we t- typically approach health and is to see okay, what where is there not health it's, it's easier to see that so really helping someone find the health in their system is a very basic primary thing in in pre in preperinatal work and in biodynamic cranial work in particular so we all have the health the deep health that's in there and it's it's our you know capacity for life and the the restrictions that we can feel i like your word restriction they come from our like often when we're coming into form we like we are spirit and matter and we come into matter as we come into matter we meet, start to meet our our i don't know our genetic material, our family line, our societal and cultural imprints, things that can impact us. And and then the conditions in our parent, but the womb of our mother and all, all, all these things. So when we're talking about the health and the system, we, you begin to track that. And that, that's a usual, a deeper level level of energy, it's energy, slower energy, it's patterns, it's a pulse, there's a deep pulse to it. It's it's something deeper than the heart rhythm and the and the respiration. It's a it's like a rhythm, like I said, it was with my client, there's a, a pattern and it's a vibration. It's it's in our bodies and it's very old medicine when it, you think about the way we t- talked about human health over the light over over all the millennial 
the millennial plus our Indian medicine with, with, with chakras and energies and Chinese medicine and, and all the meridians and things. We are energetic beings that have structure, the structures in a, on the cellular level and in all of our body systems. And so we're able to, in the cranial work and in the bio, in the pre-perinatal work, you're tracking how those early layers get laid down in utero and even before uh, as we come into form, the health of our parent, where we make our first home, the health of the cells that we're making in our bodies, and then the processes that we go through, whether it's a prenatal process or a birth process or something that happens after birth, it all gets recorded and encoded in our body. And it's very implicit. It's not in our, like you said, like I couldn't, I had a memory. I, I, I didn't think about it, make it happen. It just is in there. It's in our body. And, and a part of the work that I do and the part, what I'm teaching you to do is to help people see the pattern, feel the pattern, understand the pattern so it doesn't like interfere in their daily lives and it can integrate it and have whole, feel more whole, have more access to health overall. Well, I, I kind of have an example of that because I was getting ready for this podcast and I had all this time this morning. I went to the river and drank, you know, like had my tea by the river this morning and had a really great morning, made some breakfast. And then all of a sudden time passed quickly. Like I had all this time and then I all of a sudden had no time. And I was running around, like blow drying my hair and like getting really frantic. And I couldn't find the cord for my microphone. And I had three minutes. And I, w- I literally said to myself, I'm in an imprint. I'm in Good. an imprint now. <laughs> and so this work has really helped me name just by naming when I'm in an imprint. Yeah. And what happens in your body when you say that? <laughs> Well, in the moment when I named it, when I was like looking for my microphone cord and couldn't find it and frantically staring, like looking at my clock and I named the imprint, I just was like, oh, and my whole nervous system relaxed. Mm. I was like, I'll be fine. I have plenty of time. Even if I'm late, Kate won't mind. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's these really subtle, subtle patterns that actually maybe aren't so subtle. Like that is a pattern of mine in my nervous system that it's like, I have plenty of time. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I don't have any time. And I'm frantically running around, which when I look at my birth, my mom was induced C-section. Didn't They didn't want her to have any contractions. So it's like, I was in the womb and everything was great and I was going to come on my own time and do whatever I want. And then all of a sudden it was like, you're going now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's, oh my God, that's so overwhelming just to even feel, feel what you just said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I get it. Yeah recognizing that that is then in my life mm-hmm. and before this work and before really understanding my nervous system, just thinking that that's the way things were. That's what happens. 
but it's this early pattern that comes in so much earlier. Yes. Yeah, there is a lot of power in understanding that these are things that it's our memory. These are memories. And if you can begin to name it, to track it, and then know what to do about it, then it doesn't come in and just disrupt your life. I mean, a lot of us are going to speed up a little as we're getting ready for something. It's, it's, I found that that's actually part of the pattern. It's like there is pressure before transition, mostly. I mean, it's in our cells and how we form. But that's what you get used to. It's like there's a there's a you know a little bit of a gathering, and then there's an expansion, then there's a gathering and expansion, and then you can you can move beyond the intensity of the imprint, and just say, okay, here's that gathering, that con, con, bit of a contraction or a sort of a tense place, and then you can oh, the, but then you know the expansion will come. So yeah. That's good. It's good that you can sort of begin to track that in yourself. And there's so many patterns. There's so many patterns, but you can begin to recognize them. Yeah. And that's something you talk a lot about are the patterns, but you speak to them in layers and you Mm -hmm. named that a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. I feel like, okay, so there's two things I actually want to talk about layers and double binds. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. Those are two really good topics. (laughs) So what do you mean when you're talking about layers and how does that then impact maybe our blueprints or our imprints of health and wellness? Well, in pre-perinatal work, I like to say that the the recognition of of what happens to us comes in layers. Like pre- and perinatal healing happens in layers. Part of when you become a pre and perinatal practitioner in the manner in which you are becoming a practitioner, you begin to name for people, okay, we, we have a sequence that we move through. It starts preconception and then moves into conception. Then there's prenatal time. Lots, lots can happen there. That's a place of mystery where we, the baby knows much more about what happened than we do from the, on the outside. And then there's birth, and within the sequence of birth, there's even a, even more layers, you know, at the beginning of labor. Then in your case, there was no labor, you know, but then the labors could be long or short or the need for interventions within them, and there's things that happen around the labor. I mean, you can begin to see and feel all the things I'm naming, they're layers, and then, then as a person is born, that's another that's another layer what happens right after birth and and then there can be even more layers after that like how a person starts to feed and how they are in relationship and what happens with their birthing parent or their other parent after and if there's a neonatal intensive care stay or i mean there are all these things that happens so that happens so when we're working with someone we're listening for the their layers of experience and we're helping name them all. And what happens for people is that there are all these things that happen and uh, it can be summed up in like, you know, one statement, I was born. But really, it's this huge stack of experiences. And so we start to explore that, name it for people. Oh, here you had 
in preconception, there may have been some, you know, tension between your parents or something that happened in the ancestors, you know, if conception was challenging, what happened there, were there any previous losses for that, for your parent, what happened around conception, like even something that happens three months before you're conceived can very much influence which egg is selected for for you to make your body with. So it's like, I mean, there's so many layers and influences. So we were trained, we train people and we are trained to be able to see all that, name it, lay it out for people. And if we can feel into some way that an imprint negatively impacted the development of a person, we can, you know, bring that to their attention. That's the art of it. Like you, you want to listen to someone and meet them there with some skill. And you can't just go wandering into somebody's life and point out all the imprints. <laughs> you listen to them and, Often what needs to happen first in someone is not is not where all the pain is. You have to sort of feel into where the layers are and sometimes something in the present or something in early life or something in in young adult life. Some of these things may have to be addressed first before we can get to, into the birth or the birth sequence. Hmm. And so when I'm working with someone, I listen to what they want first. Like, what is their intention? Why are they coming for to understand their earliest experiences? And there's health in there. There's health in that leading and that intention. And so I listen very carefully to that. And then I align myself with what they want for themselves and go through their history, listen to it, and then make my recommendation based on their intention where we go with the work. Mm -hmm. So I teach layers. I, I educate people about what those layers are from the baby's perspective. And then we can also name what those layers are from the parent's perspective. And what does it mean for the provider's perspective? And maybe there's something in that person's story around their family, their society, or their culture that also influences how they develop. So you can get the sense that it's a lot more complex than, okay, well, I was born. There's a lot more going on in there. Hmm. And a lot, not a lot of people, more and more people, I would say, are now realizing that these early experiences are in our bodies. They are memories, and they will rise to the surface to be integrated depending on the conditions of the present. Yeah. Mm. Have you listened to that book, What Happened to You by Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Chase Perry? I read it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening to it now. Oh, yeah. It's a good book. That's a good book. It's super good. And yeah. I just got to the point where he cited his own research because he's been tracking his clients for years and has a lot of research and in his clientele, the first two months made the biggest impact for the rest of the life. And he's not able to obviously research time in utero. So this is mm -hmm. from birth on, which mm -hmm. I think is important to name. But he, he was saying that 
you could have the best two months of your life, those first two months with really consistent caregiving and love, and then be put into a really horrible situation. And you're actually more resilient and have better outcomes than someone who's the opposite, a baby who's the opposite. So a baby that doesn't get consistent loving care in that first two months and then is put into a loving environment, that those babies in those first two months usually have a lot of long-term life issues. Yeah. Yes. I remember reading that too. It was it was awesome just to read how from someone like so accomplished as Bruce Perry, he's an, an amazing practitioner and the way he's developed his own understanding of how we develop, how our brain develops, how our nervous system develops. And for him to cite that, I mean, it was very, you know, affirming for me who spent my most of my adult career supporting babies, supporting families. Yeah, this is a vital time. It's a really most important time of human development. And if we can just bring our all our resources to bear around supporting families during this vital time, we would change the tra- the trajectory of human de- human development, human life. We're getting there. It's, it's a little <laughs> better. It's getting there with people like Bruce Perry writing about it. <laughs> getting it out there. Yeah, I do. Like I said earlier, I feel like so much of what I do is more educating people than anything else on like, what is this work and why do we do it? And I mean, I mean, I guess I would love to know for you from doing this work. I mean, you've been doing this work and receiving this work for 24 years. Like how has your life changed? Like, why is this so important? Well, those are two questions. Those are two <laughs> questions. How has my life changed? That's a really good question. I mean, I, I feel like during the course of my time as a pre perinatal professional, <clears throat> I have watched our our professional world really accept that babies have experiences. And when I first started, they didn't. And they also had this idea that, well, mirror neurons were just, were discovered, just, you know, discovered while I was a practitioner. And the the world of trauma resolution and somatics also really developed as well as attachment. And I mean, in the early days, as I was learning about it, I mean, just even understanding anxious and ambivalent and avoidant attachment styles. I mean, you're as a, someone who studies all this, you can't help but begin to see it in yourself. And so for me, like, my my nervous system, I think, was on hyper, a bit supercharged person. I still tend to have a bit of a super drive in my body. And part of that is just a natural, I don't know how I was made. That's who I am in my body. But I I think I had a lot of of power in my sort of sympathetic nervous system. A lot of anger, a lot of dysregulation, I would say dysregulation, emotionality. And then, but a lot of curiosity and a lot of passion. And so it took 
it's taken all these years of really beginning of, of being with my own nervous system and being with my body and understanding how it is, who I am, and to have it smooth and become more smooth before more regulated. How has my life changed? You know, I've, I'm happier. I'm less worried about things. I am still just as passionate and committed as ever, but there's so much more joy and less pain. And and over many years of practice, I mean, I can I can say that it it's not been easy to try and understand my particular layers of experience. But I I also have been able to find within those like so much joy and desire and love of not only being a human being, but being here on planet Earth, which is such a beautiful place. It's it's such an honor to to be here. And, And my passion and love, I hope, is contagious as I go out in the world and talk about it. Like it's and help people find what it is they really want for themselves here on planet earth that's that's how i that's how i work that's how i do things so what was your second question lisha you asked me well how my life has changed what what was it i guess it was just more like and i feel like you kind of answered it in the same of you know why why do this work because sometimes it is hard like mm-hmm. i i can also speak to that in that understanding my attachment patterns and doing my nervous system work and understanding my body and doing the somatic work. It's not always easy. No, it's fact <laughs> sort of the opposite of easy. I mean, it can be terrifying. It can mm-hmm. be terrifying and dysregulating. And it, but I think as I've become, as I've been a part of this field for so long, watching it become much more refined and have much more access to understanding how the nervous system works, the autonomic nervous system. When people come to me and say, oh, I want to study pre-perinatal work, I'm like, okay, well, how are you with the survival aspect of yourself? How are you with life and death? How are you with high high states, you know, high arousal states, fear? Because those are the raw feelings of a baby they aren't they're not tempered the way we can get as adults we don't there's often no mentor there who's helping that baby understand oh these things happened to you and they're not they happened to you you didn't do anything wrong see that's that's that book that you're listening to now by bruce perry and it's not and and who you are is really pretty amazing you're this amazing spiritual being and welcome here to planet Earth. I mean, we are so happy to have you. And this thing that you just went through was scary. Mm-hmm. And I'm right here. I'm right here with you. I get it. And I feel like that's happening more and more. I've been so so pleasantly surprised that there are professionals besides pre and perinatal person, people like myself that are getting that the baby has these experiences that they they get that you that people can be with them in a way that helps them and are not they're not afraid or dysregulated by the baby's full expression which is often like i said very raw Mm -hmm. 
and unmodulated. They're they're not sitting there thinking, oh, gee, Kate White can't take it if I scream and cry. <laughs> they're they're just going to scream and cry. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me think of what you said in the beginning is that this is all a vibration. This is all in the body. Like that's in the baby's body. Mm -hmm. They don't have the mind. It's all very implicit of like, this is just their experience and this is just what they're doing. And so Mm -hmm. meeting the baby in that same energy residence and in that same vibration and saying those things to them, welcome that was a big transition. I'm so happy to have you here. And like, really for me, understanding what a miracle that is. Oh, yeah. It's such, I I actually, I've really learned that through taking my courses from you and doing my own work of the whole conception, preconception, developing the placenta, time in utero, being birthed is like, it's such a miracle. It, yeah, it is. It is. And, and it's a miracle. It's a miracle that we've even like there's like uh, most of us do this without any major mishap. It it can be scary, but it there there we, we don't we're not all not a lot of a lot of us are born quite with with all of our limbs and all of our fingers and all of our anatomy intact and like I deal with a lot of medically complex families, families with babies that have had to have surgeries right away and near death, death of the of the of the parent, a lot of near tragedy, and so that's that's my specialty really. Most fam with families and and people. So, but when you think about how many births actually happen every day. I think they're like, well, how many babies are born every year in the United States? I think 4.5 million or something like that. A lot. <laughs> a lot. A lot. And, and not all of us have these horror, horror, horrifying experiences. Some of us have ecstatic experiences and are feel empowered and feel mastery in the context of being born. And that's also a memory. Yeah. And, and so when I'm, and when I'm working with people, after we can drain some of the charge, they can find those places inside themselves. Mm-hmm. And we have what Ray Castellino would call developmental stages that we are meant and made for, which is why we create the therapies to give people a chance to feel their own power. Because we're made to be born, we're made to have birth, and we're made to to have that experience. And in fact, it's like one of the biggest experiences of our lives to come from inside and to be an aquatic being, be born in this intense way and into air and to live as a land being. And that's a very powerful transition. And so we're made to do that. That's part of our, of of our human design, so to speak. So we, part of the therapy and part of healing is helping people find their own what we call blueprint for health and and so then finding their own happiness and their own what what who was it that said your own bliss on planet earth what's your bliss following your bliss here so yeah we all have that and i feel like the early layers or any traumas that we experience along the way can become 
hard places or obscurations is what Anna Chitty called them, like the hold, held places, things that are held in stasis. And so the therapy is finding those places with people and, and holding them, being with them, helping them unwind and then integrate into the being, into the person. And then you have passion and bliss. And yes. <laughs> yes. And pleasure. Yeah. It's like, what is it that you want for yourself on planet earth? And, you know, you got to do what you have to do to do what you want to do on planet earth. But if you can have, find what it is that you really love and <clears throat> that's like, what is your purpose here on planet earth? And, you know, my teachers are people that would say, well, you know, it's John Chitty used to say, it's to gain experience so you can have more wisdom here. Randolph Stone would say it's about consciousness, becoming more conscious. Hmm. But what I love about the work that I do in the pre-perinatal work is that it has a deep spiritual aspect to it that's embodied and helping people feel that part of themselves. That So the divine, you called it divine, that part of yeah. themselves and feel it through their in their body and in their lives i think that's why people love the work because i haven't i'm not the only one you just sort of get smitten by it and then you know there's something really special in it which yeah. is why you why you stay with it yeah you stay with it even those times when it's getting a little complicated or hard it's like the payoff is to me the pleasure and the divinity and the like, like really, really just like I said earlier, the miracle, the miracle of life. And this work has allowed me to hold that in my body from an embodied level. Awesome. So when I meet people I'm, and when I meet babies, like that's the vibration that I meet that I want to be in. And like, I'm so lucky the babies are the ones that bring me into that vibration because yeah. they're little, I call babies, little bodhisattvas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're right there. They're right next to it. They're John Chitty used to say though, babies are the best of us. Mm. They're the, the royalty of humanity. Mm -hmm. And the, yeah, so it's, it's good work to do with them. And, but they're right there in it. They're not going to hold back their joy and their, their intensity of I'm a I'm this spiritual being and then I think it's, sometimes it's harder for them like yeah it's hard to be a baby when you have that when you're a spiritual a spiritual being an energetic being and you're in this body that has had some either challenge or limitation or even mm -hmm. like not being able to get up and walk because like babies are like, no, I, I just want to get up and go do stuff. And I'm like, well, you, you gotta gotta grow the body, you gotta have some experiences here crawling first, right? Or coming into like you said earlier, some maybe some ancestral layers or mm -hmm. different layers within the womb that then are part of who they are in that mm -hmm. development and and having to work through that. So. Maybe I'll share a quick little story. Again, my own experience around that. I used to have this 
really heightened alarm alarm system around when people would lose jobs and not make money. Like way too heightened, didn't make sense. But there'd been times in my life when I've lost my job or when my partner lost his job. And you would think that the world is ending. Like I'm just, I'm unconsolable. And just some really interesting thoughts and patterns around different money aspects of money. And in one of our weekend courses, I ended up calling my dad and was like, Hey, is there any point when mom was pregnant with me or shortly after that, like something happened around money or jobs or, and he said, yeah, two months before you were born, I lost my job. And and your mom was extremely worried and we suddenly had no money and we moved when I was two months old so that my dad could get a new job, but we had to move states. We had to move from Colorado to Utah. And so that time period, so about two months before I was born and then the first two months of my life was all around money and job and moving. Wow. So that's an imprint. (laughs) so what happens in your body when you've discovered that oh I was like well part of me was like I knew it (laughs) (laughs) and then the other part of me I just remember being like oh everything makes so much sense it's making so much sense now as to why I'm this way and have these reactions and and then to realize this has nothing to do with me. Yes. These are, this is my parents. Yes. Yes. This is the environment I came into. Yes. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be mine. And that we know and what I've learned from you is like that's differentiation. Yes, that's exactly right. So there's that's your parents and this is you. So what happens in your body? I mean. That's the nice part about it. Like you can then unfold into who you are and who you want to be and still stay in relationship with that thing that happened, whether it's what you describe. So how has been your relationship with losing jobs and money and moving (laughs) since you discovered that imprint? Oh, well, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a little less scared to just like try things in business and do things in business. Uh-huh. Like it doesn't feel as threatening or as big of a deal if I'm like not successful or the thought of failure isn't as terrifying. It's like, oh, that didn't work. Let's try something else. Yeah. A little bit more ease, mm-hmm. less fear less life life's gonna end type of thing a little easier yes yeah less freeze and more Mm -hmm. more regulated nervous system yes more access to yourself it's good i like that story (laughs) (laughs) i've been with you for almost a year it's been it's been a good year of discovering (laughs) yeah many things yes (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've have a little bit further to go in your training, but yeah, we're, we're getting close to the end now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would love to ask one more question because I brought it up earlier and 
you joke that we're not pre and perinatal practitioners, we're double bind practitioners. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and I have to say, since naming double binds to my clients and pointing it out in in my practice to clients, how much has like how much immediately shifts just by naming. Like, oh, this is a double bind. Do you know what a double bind is? And so I would love for you to share a little bit about, because I didn't know about double binds until meeting you. So what's a oh. double bind? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Well, yeah, we in perinatal work, once you learn about binds, you realize that mostly what you do with people has a lot to do with when they get into what we call a bind or a double bind. And Ray was the one that taught me about double binds and how they can arise in somebody's body and someone's experience. And the first person that wrote about them was a practitioner, I think psychodynamic practitioner, Gregory Bateson, Bateson, how it, it can be a, a time in, in your life where whatever direction you want to choose, it, it's not very optimal. You get kind of in a stuck place. It's a very typical, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't type of, situation or there's can be a feeling of I must do something but I can't do something there's you, know, you can't go forward but you can't go back what whatever whatever way you go it has there, it's not real clear it's not optimal it can even be painful and in perinatal work we often start to track where does the bind originate and often originates before we are born before we come in, we we think that most binds, if they're la if they're lasting, they almost always have a root in the ancestors, something before that person came in. So you can just start right away by naming, oh, this was here before you got here. And what happens in your nervous system when I say that? And you put, you can often track it, like, see this, there's something here. Was there something in your parents there that happened between your parents or something in your ancestral line? And one of the, one of some of the bigger patterns I track in people because this bind is so, this way of tracking is so prevalent is in like forced relocations of people, like refugees. Sometimes, like I had for a while there, Pakistan, a lot of Pakistani people coming into my practice, and I learned about how many, how a certain group of Pakistani people were forced to relocate, and or Holocaust you know, people who were escaping the Holocaust of in Germany or Poland or Czechoslovakia, or you know genocide like the in Rwanda and Burundi and other places in Africa, and you, you're looking at really big patterns that can happen to happen generations ago, but still are prevalent. And, you know, they're in our tissue. They're in our, they're in the, the lived experience of our people. So you, you can begin to track what are those stories that help shape us where there are these big tensions. So we'll call it a tension field. It's a tension field. So begin to see in your mind's eye like a like a football field or a baseball field. And imagine that it's just energy and that it's tense. And if you no matter where you go in it, if you pull on one side it's going to impact the other. There's no real 
clear way to go and your person is in that and they're just there they didn't cause it to happen they're they and they're very much impacted so you can start by just differentiating well this hap this is this is a tension place and you didn't cause it and then you begin to explore like what are the themes of the bind i i, I can't like for example in birth dynamics often the bind is prevalent when you need an intervention like a vacuum assist or forceps or even a cesarean section you need a, you need help but help hurts at the same time so the stuck place i call it the stuck place so you begin to explore the dynamics around the stuck place and then you know you can begin to find really subtle but very present and powerful ways of being with the bind okay so like i i, I have permission to sell to tell certain stories one of them is one like my client that came every week for a year to work on his birth dynamic and he was a forceps delivered baby and he would get into the stuck place with me and then he said i can't go back uh, and i can't go forward and if i don't if i'm not going forward i might just die so we had to really work through all the layers of terror and fear and anger and rage and all the things that came up for him in the stuck place and over time he was able to appreciate in a very regulated way that he got help and his attitude towards being helped and help and really shifted and and he could name over time when he felt in that stuck place and could step out of it as opposed to having it and you know it impact the decisions that he made in his life and how he made his decisions <sighs> so we have i teach double bind uh, double bind light double bind medium and double bind heavy <laughs> and so you're able to really be with people in different ways and we've gotten very sophisticated about it now like even in the 24 years that i've been studying i think that we've been able to really then bring people to consciousness which is what really the works about and pausing slowing down feeling the present in the present you're not there's no push for you or pull on you in the present you're just here with me and what happens in your body and then we're able to very slowly explore what are these forces and usually there's two sides of the bind there's the side where you can't do something and the side where you must do something and you begin to explore what's good about each of these sides or if you can drop beneath it as how it is to be beneath the tension and what happens when you do that hmm. and so in preperinatal work there's often binds everywhere even in like a lot of people are not intentionally conceived once they are they're like are they welcomed are they wanted 
is there a bind? There's often a bind if they weren't planned. And then you can feel into like, okay, well, what's happening in the dynamic there? Sometimes, like I said, there's big generational or ancestral binds about home, about family. And then, okay, well, what? how was it prenatally? What happened in your prenatal life? And there can be particularly binds there, binds that challenge our notion of, am I alive? Am I really alive? And they're very unconscious, but very powerful. And then there's the whole notion of being born. Like I said, if you had to have an intervention and it nobody told you, hey, this is some anesthesia coming in here, you may feel it. Wouldn't that be interesting, you know, to be able to name for babies? These things are happening and it's not because of anything you did. It's not your fault. So much of what happens pre and perinatal is impersonal, but very raw and primal and it can be very powerful so we slow the process way down when we're working with adults and with babies too and try and help them feel how they they got through their challenge and really feel into the positive nature and often the very thing the thing that really was so triggering and so activating it in its own way, once it becomes integrated, becomes a gift or becomes part of our adaptation to life that is a real a, a real asset. Mm. So that's why I do the work in, in the first place. And also, like we said, it's we can access some of our true nature that's underneath all this huge challenge and, be, and then become much more empowered in our lives and we we feel like we are living our life with consciousness conscious choice yeah hmm. it's a long answer to your question what's a double five <laughs> hmm. it's i'm just noticing in my own body like it, there's just a presence that feels i just feel very present right now and just thinking about like how much could and would change in birth if we, if people had this education, which is part of the reason why I wanted you on my podcast of like mm -hmm. just being in a birth room and naming what's happening. Hey baby, you're going to feel some anesthesia or Hey, this intervention might happen. Just being in a birth room and recognizing the layers and the double binds and starting to shift some of that. And mm -hmm what that can start to change. Yeah. About, yep. Helping like when I first graduated, if I graduated from my second pre and perinatal training, I had, I wanted to do some kind of integration. So I interviewed all of the major pioneers and then it became a little booklet that was for the biodynamic cranial psychotherapy of North America. And I, I interviewed William Emerson and he narrated his life, you know, he spent a lot of his life in India and his life with Frank Lake. He was a Frank Lake in, in the United, United Kingdom and then in Britain. And then he said, you know, how would it be if we created baby doulas? So instead of like these 
practitioners in the room that are just tracking what's going on for the parent, the birthing parent, how about if we just had a baby practitioner, a baby doula who was there just for the baby, who was tracking what's going on for the baby? That's exactly what you're just narrating here. Just, hey, baby, I'm here. I know you're coming. And, and just be able to say to them, even if it's in a quite unconscious, you know, un, you know not out loud, but even just felt, because babies will, babies have a capacity to feel all that stuff. And to have someone name, you know, this is, you didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing, you know, most, most babies and parents take things that happen at birth quite personally, and they think they did something wrong, or there's something bad about them. Yeah, but that's not, that's not the the truth. Yeah, especially, and maybe you don't see this depending on where you spend your time. But what I'm seeing on is a lot on Instagram is this story of if you do receive intervention, you have done something wrong. There's a lot of shaming right now of like the only way to birth is this way. And if you do it this way, then it's wrong. And there's a lot of back and forth. And mm. I definitely promote more of a physiological birth stance and it goes back. I just loved what you said. I need help, but help hurts. Mm -hmm. And how can we actually change that story for people and how it's held in their body? I think, I think a lot could shift with being more open and more readily available to understanding that, yes, sometimes we need help and these are double binds. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, and helping people get that, that, that it's nothing that they did. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, sometimes you know, as a baby, maybe you have wider shoulders or a bigger body, or maybe as a parent, you know, you've inherited a predisposition in a certain way, like to have gestational diabetes, or it's in your family line that you've, or it's something in the environment that's impacted your body. And, or, you know, just in the context, like some of the deeper mysteries as to why babies are, don't, aren't, aren't born vaginally and have to have a cesarean section. I mean, sometimes there's very good reasons why. And a lot of times it just lies in mystery. Like we just don't know. And that's what's hard for, for parents and babies know. But babies don't know everything. They don't they don't know what that was. And if you as practitioner have your map that you've been exposed to, you can just understand all the nuances of things. And you can just begin to say, Oh no, that you didn't do anything wrong. That just happened. You know, and there you were. And you needed that. You needed to have some help here, uh, or else you know you would have died, or your parent would have died. And but you didn't do anything wrong. Like I, I do a lot of deep debriefs with families, and I have a midwife partner whom you know is a co-teacher in our program. And sometimes she'll just sit there with me, and we'll be listening to the stories of the birthing parent, and Lois will just say, "Oh yeah, that happens." I, that definitely does happen. And then what they'll come back the next week and we'll ask them how they are and what, how were they with the last session and what helped the most. And they'll say, oh, it was Lois. She just said, oh, that happens. And there's some matter of fact way 
that Lois says it in her own, in her own way, but you can tell from the vibration of it, the feeling of it, that she's speaking the truth. And then the truth is so relieving for these families because they're living in this idea that they did it to themselves or that it's their fault or there's something that they they did. And, and then, no, it just it just happens. And, and if you can really presence that with people, help them find peace with what happened and even integrate it and have it be a gift, like I said, an asset in a way. I, I have the story that I tell. I don't think you've, to- you've heard this one. Do you have time for a story, Alicia? I do if you do. Yep. I do, yeah. So I, I have permission to tell this story, this mom. She showed up on my calendar. I didn't really know who she was, and I didn't even have an intake form with her, I think. I, some people just want to come and talk to me about things. So I I got on the Zoom with her, and and she was there. She had her baby with her, and the baby was about 13 months old and was in, in between her legs. So she had her legs. She was sitting to try and keep her baby from going off the bed. And she had her computer pushed way back. And so the baby was in between her and she had all these little things. She had little games for the baby to play and snacks. And so she was going to entertain the baby while she was talking with me. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I I do this all the time. Often I'll prepare the baby and the parent. I'm like, well, we'll talk and we may need to stop. And baby, if you want to say anything, you can't. And... So the baby's looking at me and playing with her toys quite happily and mother's giving her little snacks and she'd be eating. And the mother's story was really pretty bad. I mean, and she wanted to know her intention was, was I, did I get good care? Did I get care that was, did they screw up basically is what her inquiry was. And so I listened to her and it was a very difficult, challenging birth. And, you know, it, it lasted a long time. She had, she did have an epidural. She did have Pitocin. She had a lot of the, the birthing professionals were got up in her uterus and shifted the baby around and it was painful. And the, when the, after she got an infection there was antibiotics needed there was interventions and i'm listening to the story and the baby is listening to the story the baby's not saying hey look this was awful or baby's not not baby's fine baby's playing baby's listening baby's very respectful chewing on her apple where the mom you know she would tell me a part of the story and just sob and I would pause and listen and affirm the challenge like I've taught you how to do and when I got done with the story I said no I I think the staff went the very last mile to help you I think everybody worked really hard I think you deserve to be wearing a cape I think you are a superhero and in fact look at your baby your baby is also a superhero you both need to be wearing capes and it, it turned out that she had had the surgery before she got pregnant she had endometriosis which she had which is when the lining of the uterus grows outside the uterus is basically 
We say it's the lining of the uterus that wanted to run away from home. Mm. So she had had to have extensive surgery to to impact, to improve her, the uterine space before she got pregnant. In the process of this surgery, there was scar tissue that developed on her uterus that ended up having it, I think, connect to the connective tissue of her back. So she had two scar tissue. So the uterus couldn't function as well as it should have since it was anchored to her back. She had tremendous back labor and back pain. I think there was probably a twist or a turn in the uterus because of it. Therefore, the labor was wonky. It, it didn't, it wasn't straightforward. And I think that both everybody involved worked super hard and she got an infection because of how long it was and what we don't know why these infections happen but everyone did extremely well given the huge challenge and so when I affirmed all that for her she was very much relieved and the baby crawled toward the computer where I was she kissed me <laughs> and she took the computer and slammed it shut. <laughs> I mean, she could see her big face coming toward me. She just kissed the computer screen. <laughs> and this baby was so impressive to me because she just entertained herself. She knew her mother needed the time. She didn't complain. She didn't say, you know, this was really horrible, even though she could have. It probably was for her also. And she knew it was time to stop. She was quite, you know, appreciative, but very direct. This is what I like about babies. I mean, they, they, they just, but, you know, I'll, I'll never forget that because this baby was very conscious very, she participated by listening and being with in a light way, playing with all her little toys and eating her snacks, giving her mom a chance to really go deeper into the story and, and then to be, you know, come over and give me a big kiss and then close the computer. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That's, I think that, that that's an example of how amazing this work is if you are there. Now that mom doesn't have to carry around this idea that she was missed, not, not well served. And I'm hoping that I gave her the idea that she really is a superhero and she rocked that birth, mm -hmm. both she and the baby and the staff and very difficult situation that lay in mystery. No one really knew why. And it took us a little a little while to sort it out, but I think that that's my educated guess. I'm not even really sure. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there. The, baby, the baby's like, we're done. Time to move on. Yeah, yeah. I love you. I appreciate you. And now that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, oh. but, but I hope she. I hope she has a new narrative of herself. All of them that they are amazing mm -hmm. humans. They did a great job. Mm -hmm. And I hope that she's went on and had another baby. 
I hope that she mm. didn't stop her from having another child if she wanted one. Because often mm. that kind of story will, like that, that story will impact that mom lifelong. It will make her feel like something's wrong with her and it will impact how she feels about herself and her role as a parent. So I'm hoping that that shifted. That's why I do the work. Yeah. 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 Mm. Thank you so much, Kate. Sure. You do a lot. <laughs> I do, yes. You teach courses. You run the PPN Center. So mm-hmm. I always love to ask, like, if people want to learn from you, if people want to take your courses, if people want to work with you, how do they How do they do that? Well, you can just go to ppncenter.com, the Center for Pre- and Perinatal Programs. You can there begin to access all the things the online school that I run with my husband and then the educational programs that I have to offer. I host a lot of other teachers as well. I have a new website. It's ppnsomatics.com. It's a new institute that I've formed called the Pre- and Perinatal Somatic Institute that houses the educational programs that, that I just run. And there, And so you can find there the integrated pre and perinatal dynamics program that Leisha is in and, and becoming a practitioner in that. And then there's an, a, a certificate program there, an educator program for behavioral health that's there. There's also this baby diploma or pediatric bodywork program that I've been pioneering with a practitioner from Australia, an osteopath. And then you'll see the beginnings of a bodywork training that I've started to pull together so that practitioners who don't want to work with families with babies, if they just want to learn the imprints and they want to learn a way to work with the imprints, they can take that. And so that program I started before COVID and then COVID hit three years later, I'm starting to pull it out of the, out of the drawer shake it off and big breathe life into it so that there's a lot of places in the, in the work that I do that you can come as a person to try and, and learn. You can have private sessions with me or any of my graduates. You can find us all there in those two places, ppncenter.com or ppnsomatics.com. Great. Amazing. <laughs> Any last words, anything else? No, I mean, I I think that I'm super pleased that people want to learn and that you have wanted to learn, Nisha, and that I I feel like the more people we can train, the better our world will be. And if I could, I wish I could scale it up even bigger so that more people could learn. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Just slowly but surely. (laughs) Yeah. We're That's getting there. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Kate. Oh, thank you, Leisha. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. And like I said in the beginning, if you would like to work with Kate or you're interested in taking her training, her links are down in the show notes. If you're curious in receiving any of this work with me, You know how to find me. Those links are down below. Reach out with your questions. Let's get this work out there and we will see you next time.